Hi, this is Dr. Rebecca May coming to you from Arcana Labs. And this is Road to Reno. This morning, we have Dr. Macias with us, the amazing fellowship director here. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. That's me. <laughs> so I wanted to start by finding out a little bit more about uh, where you grew up. Where I grew up. I'm originally from Brazil. So in Brazil, how, how does it work? Do you go straight to medical school after high school or do you, uh, what's the pathway there? Do you go to a university first? Medical school in Brazil is uh, college plus medical school is all into one after mm -hmm. high school. And the medical school there lasts for six years. I went into medical school when I was 16. Wow. So I was one of the youngest in my class. And normally you finish around 18, like here? Yes. Okay, so you were just very a uh, quite advanced child. Yes. And moved along. <laughs> wow. I was bored to stay home, so my mom <laughs> said, go to school. <laughs> so at 16, that's a big decision to make, at 16, to go off to medical school. And where did you decide to go to medical school? I went to my state. In Brazil, it's different. Uh, usually, we don't go all over the place, or we didn't used to go all over the place chasing for schools. You usually stay with your parents. So because I came from a smaller city and the medical school was very heavy, I had to leave apart from my parents. So I had similar college experience, but my parents live at 15 miles away. Mm. And is there one medical school per state? At that time, there was one medical school. Nowadays, we have more. There was a medical school expansion in Brazil over the past years. But at that time, that was it. There was one medical school. Okay. So you started medical school there, still close. So you moved away for the first time, but you still could go home and visit your parents. Oh, yes. Frequently. So I wish it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in medical school, did you know that you wanted to be a pathologist? I did not. Actually, I enjoyed patients, but I wanted something that I could spend more time reading mm -hmm. rather than just in consults one after the other. Um, so that's what drove me to pathology. So in my last year, I would finish my internship rotations and I would go to this pathologist office and we would stay there between 6 and 10 p.m. every night looking at the slides. Oh, like general surge path sort of yes, thing? Yes, general surge path. And uh, the deal that we made, this guy was kind of a brilliant pathologist and uh, very smart. He knew multiple languages, so he was kind of a legend on campus. And he, said, he knew that I would like to come to the United States. And he said, I'll teach you pathology, but we can only have classes in English. So oh. in Brazil, different from other countries, all of our classes are in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. throughout medical school. And you sometimes you have the options of getting the books in Portuguese as well. He said, if you want to learn pathology, everything is going to be in English. Oh, wow. And uh, thanks to him, I still have this broken English until today. <laughs> <laughs> and so he knew you wanted to come to the United States. What, what made you want to come to the United States? Simple. My future husband was living here already. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Yes. Um, the usual pathway in Brazil, if you come from where I come from, which is in the northeast, 
And if you want to kind of expand your medical knowledge, you tend to go to the Southeast, which is uh, the richest part in Brazil, that they have the best medical schools and great training programs, which is where Sao Paulo and Rio are. But for us, we skip it. And sometimes you go to Sao Paulo and then you go outside Brazil. And we skipped this step. We went, we came, st- we came straight from the Northeast to the United States, and it was a life-changing event. Did you do your residency in the United States here then, or did you stay in Brazil and do a residency there? I did my residency in the United States. Yes, I did my residency at the University of Maryland. My program director was Steve Silverberg, and he was an amazing editor besides being an amazing surgical pathologist. So did you do APCP training there? Yes, I did APCP training at the University of Maryland. And when did you decide to pursue renal path, or or did you right away? Did you start with another specialty? I actually did my fellowship in renal path before the residency. It was a research fellowship at Hopkins with Dr. Rackerson in transplant. And um, during medical school, I did some research in nephrology. So I would spend um, one of my main mentors was a nephrologist, Dr. Dye. And we had already worked together on kidneys. She studied kidney and uh, tropical diseases, basically. So we had done some work in leptospirosis and kidney, leishmaniosis and kidney. And um, when I came to, to look into a specialty, I, I, I was looking for a mentor, and I interviewed with someone at um, Hopkins, and he asked, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I love kidney. And um, my pathway towards kidney pathology came by and by, I can only say that I really turned it into a full-time kidney pathologist here because after residency, I went back to Brazil for way too many reasons. And over there, I practiced more as a surgical pathologist. Mm -hmm. So when I came back from Brazil, I started at the Medical College of Georgia, where Mm -hmm. I was the renal pathologist and EM director. And at the Medical College of Georgia, another big name shows up in my life, which was Fred Silva. He was the president at US CAP, and uh, he was on my speed dial. <laughs> so Fred has been a wonderful mentor, guide, supporter from this transition into being a surge path towards a full renal pathologist. From what I've heard, Dr. Silva actually recruited you here to Arcana. Is that right? Yes, it is true. Um, he was the one who, who, who brought my name to Pat. So he was the one that uh, Pat was looking for people. We didn't have as many pathologists at the time at Arcana. Definitely not as many as we have now. And he, he asked Fred, do you know someone? And he said, I know this girl. She is, <laughs> she is a good pathologist and she is good to work with and has been doing a good job in Georgia. I don't know how much of this information is public today, but yes, Fred was paramount. Mm-hmm. And so they brought you down to take a look at Arcana then, an interview? Yes, which at the time was Nephropath, yes. And uh, what year was that? Oh my goodness, you got me at a bad memory. Um, <laughs> my daughter was one at the time, and now she's 12. Let's put it like that. Around, around 2010. Yeah. Okay, so what were your first impressions when you came to take a look at Nephropath, which is now Arcana? 
I'm a person, well, I love it here. I was impressed by, by everything I've seen and I was really tempted. But my husband is a physician as well, and I always kind of wanted to take all of our life into consideration. Mm-hmm. I love it living in Georgia, and, and we're, we're at a good time in life. We had just this baby that was one year old. But then I said, oh, this is going to be fantastic, but should we really do it? And then he looked at me and said, what are you thinking about? I see the stars <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> you asking me this. So... It was really great. I, I thought I think that we had a jovial group. We have a mission, and um, I thought that the idea was fantastic. What was being here was really a revolution in my mind of how rhinopathology was. So you moved your family from Georgia here to Little Rock, and how was that transition in terms of? Uh, being in a new city in Little Rock. What what were your thoughts about Little Rock when you moved? Well, I'm someone, as I said, that always lived between big city and small city, and Little Rock is kind of just in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's not the largest city I ever lived at, and it's not the smallest one either. Um, so it was a good, we had a good time, especially having small kids. We had a good time here. It was very easy to adjust. And how was the transition starting to work at Arcana? The transition to Arcan, I had to learn a lot. My my previous experience at MCG and even fellowship in Maryland had been more centered into transplant kidneys. And here I had a lot of native kidneys. With uh, And with the amount of cases we had, what for someone would be rare, here it would be frequent. So I think in six months, I had to really accelerate in the amount of knowledge and um, that was a great time in my life, I think, in terms of a personal growth, professional growth, just the learning. It was very exciting. How did you add that knowledge at that point in your career? Do you have any tips for people? If you're a pathologist, I think that you follow the pathologist schedule. Look at cases. Look at cases, look at cases, look at cases. So I would look at my cases and I would ask uh, one of uh, our administrative people, the ones that put their slides away, bring me 10 cases every day, no matter what. So I wouldn't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I would be exposed to everything else that everybody had signed out. And um, in addition to that, I would select rare diseases and then give a list and say, please bring me all those cases. So reading and looking at cases. Also, I think that uh, the other trick when you want to restart is Humility. You have to understand that you don't know any, everything and that there are people that have more experience than you. And even if probably I was more qualified at that time to do a frozen section on a thyroid, people <laughs> here knew much more than, than what I knew in renal pathology. What now is your favorite part of renal pathology, the cases you get most excited seeing? Oh, that is a tough one. I like crescentic diseases, um, pretty much everything. I, I I don't think I have a favorite disease. I can say I don't love uh, maybe cystic diseases so much because, and I don't love when I have a chronic kidney that is is basically gone and you don't know the reason. Mm-hmm. But I like I like cases that you come to diagnosis and you're certain of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, when did you become the fellowship director here at Arcana? I don't keep years too much in my mind as much as persons. So the first fellow that I trained was Dr. Rooney. She is in Washington State now. After that, uh, I've trained Dr. Best, Dr. Kaza, Dr. Vanacek, Z, and now you, uh, and also Dr. Murphy between you and then. So it has been a few years and it, it has been a joy. It's one of the parts of my job that I enjoy the most. As a fellow in your program, the training that you've set up seems very intentional. There are different aspects to it, and um, I feel like you've put a lot of thought into the training. Do you have any advice for other fellowship directors about setting up a fellowship program? Yes, I think that you're correct. I, I put a lot of thought in what I want from the trainees, and sometimes I have been advises us, are you sure you're not putting too much into this in terms of uh, are we asking too much of you guys? But I think that is a time when you're a trainee, that that is the time that you have to learn certain things. I don't pretend to be an advisor to the fellowship directors all over the country and to, to have them copying what we do here necessarily because Every program is going to have its strengths and it's going to be depending on what the material that they have to deal with. I think that here we are very fortunate to have an enormous amount of cases, a very strong research group, and uh, very thoughtful people that are really um, intent into teaching. So we have the ability to do a lot. So for every director, I think that you have to look at your resources and see what can you do with those and how much can you offer within the resources you have. Here we can do a lot of teaching, we have lots of personnel, we can do a lot of research, we have lots of research projects going on, we can do a lot of clinical cases, of course, and and uh, we started the leadership program review to make sure that you get exposed to those ideas as well. But can you talk a little bit about that too? Because I, um, I think that's pretty unique from from just what I've heard from other trainees and I really enjoyed that aspect of the fellowship. Sure and, and it actually started with you it's something that has, has been brewing in my head since uh, the year prior and this is just when you grow as a person you get exposed to new ideas and I want those ideas to kind of uh, go as a ripple effect around those around me. So the leadership <clears throat> the leadership and mentorship program I have developed with you a closer relationship in terms of extending beyond renal pathology, but giving you skills which are going to be useful for you to grow as a profession, professional as well as a leader into the field. So it's a little bit of philosophy along with uh, some business coaching. So it's bringing a little bit of not only technical training to mm-hmm. you, but a little bit of professional coaching into, and I'm using the term here loosely, I'm not a professional coach, but I think that there are certain ideas some, some on, on social science fields that are useful. And you've picked out a book series, just so people know, that can help us sort of frame these sorts of discussions. Yes. So we have books that are selected on habit formation. We have books that are selected in essentialism and, and deep work. We have books that we select in the skills of leadership. 
So all of those are within the program. And um, what we've done is that we have such books ordered and is given for you for free. And uh, we get our bi-monthly meetings to kind of uh, do a little review on those books and what can be used within your profession, those general ideas, how they can be used to you. So as a time also that we try to transmit the experience that I already have with all those years here and so on to you, not only in terms of, oh, Rebecca, how can you sign out a member of nephropathy, but, oh, Rebecca, how do you develop habits that are positive for you? Mm-hmm. How do you select what is important in your life and professional life? How do you spend your time um, and the triage, what is important for you or is not important for you in your career. How can you be a leader within the lab and within the profession? How can you um, have a good attitude with your colleagues and people that work above and under you as well? So all of this, I think, we try to address on this curriculum. Yeah, I've, I've just really enjoyed that part of the fellowship. Cool. And um, thank you so much for putting all the effort into <laughs> putting that together. I know it's a lot. You're welcome. I look forward to the other fellows that are going to be my guinea pigs on those projects too. So now moving more to um, living in Little Rock. You've been here for uh, a while now, a little over 10 years. So what's your favorite thing to do in Little Rock? It's my favorite thing to do everywhere. <laughs> Read and eat. <laughs> Now, Little Rock, I I enjoy walking by the river. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not much of a cyclist, although he is a great place for cycling. And I'm really an indoor person. What I do is a lot. I spend a lot of time at home, reading, um, cooking, having friends over, also (laughs) pre-COVID. But um, yes, I, I enjoy our place. I walk a lot in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, almost daily, and this is one of the things that uh, I really have a lot of uh, pleasure. Well, um, I'm boring, I know. Sorry. Sorry, people. Not at all. <laughs> it's gorgeous here, actually. It's, re- it's really nice, and your neighborhood is beautiful. As well. Thank you. Um, I think this brings us to our rapid-fire question portion of the interview. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just ask you some... Um, some quick questions just to get to know you a little bit, a little bit better. How many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Two. What was your first car? It was a Dodge. Don't remember the mod. I always, I always called it Dodge. We didn't have Dodge in Brazil, so calling it a Dodge was, was enough. It was a small, it was not a truck. (laughs) (laughs) iPhone or Android? iPhone. Right-handed or left-handed? Right. Talking or texting? Talking. First TV show you ever binge-watched? Binge-watching is something of your generation. It's not something that I remember. Maybe Orange is the New Black? No, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Scale of 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? 10. <laughs> Last book you read for fun? For fun. Anxious people. Favorite holiday? Christmas. If you were given the opportunity to fly into space, would you take it? Yes. Morning person or night person? Morning person. Do you have any pets? My kids have pets. My pets are my kids. (laughs) So, yeah, we have a cat and a dog. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This brings us to the end of the interview. Um, is there a Twitter handle we can follow you on? At Messias Nidia. Great. And feel free to um, follow us at Arcana Labs on Twitter as well. Thank you so much. It was really nice getting to know you a little bit better this morning. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Take care. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.